Hello and welcome to Neutral Wrestling. This is the second tape of the the second take, should I say, of this podcast because about five minutes into the last one, I had to go and violently throw up. I'm sure you all needed to hear that. Been feeling a little bit under the weather as of late, and I thought it was all over. It. I thought it had gone, done and dusted yesterday, but hence no. So, we shall move on, and we shall move into this. Don't give me any sympathy. Um, You don't want to have a look at my Amazon wish list. If you want to buy an item because you feel sorry for me, you know, that's that's your decision. I can completely understand that. I'm here on my own this week. The um, the Lancashire Lip, Dan, he doesn't like me calling him that for some reason, is off on his holiday season, Lanzarote. And he's sending me many photos of him laying, sunbathing, and having what looks like a really, really nice time at a all-inclusive hotel. So, uh, yeah, that, I don't know whether anybody else feels like this, because I, I do think it's just me. I don't like it when other people do things that I want to, or that I would enjoy doing. It really irks me. Um, I really hold it against them. And I, I think that speaks quite a lot about me. But why should somebody else be doing something enjoyable? And I'm sat here. Throwing up. Anywho. A away victory for Everton this weekend. Who'd have thought it? Um, 2-1. Great goal from Richarlison. And a great settle for Sadibi. Um feel a bit sorry for Southampton. You know, I've got a few good friends who are Southampton fans and you know the situation seems to be a bit desperate down there at the moment. Um so yeah, uh, Preston's still third in the league, which I'm sure Dan would like you to uh, to know about. And he was taking the piss out of somebody from Bolton on the plane because they were beaten by Plymouth. Things don't change with that kid. Um so yeah, we wish him a happy time anyway. So I'm here to review AW Full Gear. And hopefully, again, without running to the toilet. So we'll start with the uh, tag match between Proud and Powerful, Ortiz and Santana versus Young Bucks. Um, I don't know when this Proud and Powerful name become a thing. Um... You will have to excuse me of the course of the cut last week or so, well, last two weeks. There's been a lot going on for me with the charity work that I do, also with the um, with work. It's been our end of financial quarter, so it means a lot of long hours um, in the day. Um, and then travelling to and from, I've got things on a hell of a lot these last couple of weeks, so I've obviously missed it somewhere. But it's proud and powerful, Santana and Ortiz. Defeated the Young Bucks um, in a 20-minute match. Good opener. I think if you look at Ortiz and Santana, um, and if you look at the Young Bucks, no matter who they've been facing, they always put on a good match. The, and and that, the strength of matches in this card was um, was high constantly. I, <laughs> but the Young Bucks, the... Santana and Ortiz, you know what to expect. It's going to be high-paced. It's going to be broad. Again, with with the Young Bucks, also high-paced. 
more of a high flying element, um, less violent but more pretty. You know what you're going to get with these two. It will it will always come off to be a, you know a decent match if if not much better. And this was a, a really good match. What I like about the Young Bucks is over the course of the past three years, um, their psychological, uh, yes, the psychological storytelling has become. It's become so much more advanced to what it was. Um, Nick Jackson um, kicked the ring post um, and then went on to sell that injury for the rest of the match. Um, something to note here is the Rock and uh, the Rock and Roll Express were ringside. No, I love the Rock and Roll Express, but <laughs> Do you ever, if everyone is a certain age, Peter Kay was. Had a big show that was really, really funny. A stand-up show that did very, very well. And he'd talk about Uncle Nobbed. The two of them, like, Uncle <laughs> Uncle Nobbed. Um, they were great in the day. I remember watching them. But time hasn't been kind to them. Um, you know, so it's it, uh, they, they were out there and they were, you know, going back and forth with um, Ortiz and Santana, which was good. Young books come over and uh, and you know assisted them when it was got a bit too nasty, but yeah, it's all about the psychology of uh, the young books. Nick hit his foot on the post and as I say, went on to sell it throughout the match. The uh, Santana and Ortiz really started homing in on Nick being the weak link and you know going after his, his leg. Um, and then what happened was they went for the melter driver. And Nick got up onto the top rope, and he couldn't. He couldn't make it. He, he went up to do the melter driver, and he fell. And it was. It was. It, it went on throughout the match. He told the story. It was great. Um, however, proud and powerful. Ortiz and Santana come across with the win, and after the match, uh, Sammy Guevara, a fellow member of the inner circle, come down to the ring and started giving a beating to those Jackson boys. And who should turn up but jump the rail, the Rock and Roll Express. Um, Ricky and Robert, um, there was a destroyer, there was a couple of tope suiciders um, from people who really shouldn't have been doing them. Um, but it was great, it, joking aside, it was great. They got the uh, the big pop at the end of the match. and But more, you know, if, uh, in terms of this... There was still talk, which I think quite disrespectful, about Matt and Nick. Are they still the best tag team in the world? Well, the best tag team in the world should be your tag team champion. So, not a huge fan of all that. But another loss for the uh, for the Young Bucks. Should be interesting to see where that goes in the next couple of episodes of Dynamite. The next match, I feel a bit sorry for. It was a really, really good match. There was... Uh, Adam Page versus Pac and there was a spot on the outside where Pac had done a brain buster on, on a chair and it was just so well done it was exactly what you'd expect of these two absolutely fantastic talents um, it was like I'd say it was about 15, 15 20 minute match and again it was a, it was a really really good uh, couple of attempts of buckshot lariat it was, it was back and forth I really enjoyed the match. However, what I feel a bit sorry for is I think 
well, you, you, we'll find out is there's that many good matches on this card. I can't help but feel it might have got a little bit lost. So Adam Page has been needing that that victory. Um, you know, and a couple of good convincing victories. This is the rubber match you get to against Pac. And it might well be a match we come to forget. Well, certainly a match I'll forget because I can't remember anything. And they go into the next match again. Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. Very short match this one. Tully Blanchard. Um, Sean Spears defeats Joey Janela with Death Valley Driver. Okay match. Um, the Probably the high point for me on this one was um, a spike pile driver on the outside um, to Joey Janela from Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard coming off the uh, stairs and spiking uh Spiking a prone Joey Janela. Thrown into the ring. Death Valley driver on one, two, three. Decent match. No more, no less. What I do need to mention is this this was um this comes from the uh, Baltimore Arena. I think it's called the Royal Farms Arena now for sponsorship. But the Baltimore Arena was a real mainstay of uh Jim Crock Promotions, uh, National Wrestling Alliance, WCW, whatever you want to call them. Um Pretty sure this is where Ron Simmons won the um in ninety one or ninety two won the World Heavyweight Championship, WCW World Heavyweight Championship to become the first black um champion, heavyweight champion, and it was in this arena. So it's got and later on WWE have done cards from it, I think. Uh Helena Sal was done here and maybe a a, a, a sorry, a King of the Ring. Um but, you know, it's a lovely arena. But the point on that is that they've got this... Um, and NWA and WCW used to do it when they were there, I think. It's one of these old ramps directly to the ring. So from the stage, it maintains it tight, takes you straight to the to the ring, and then you just step through the, rope, the ropes. You don't have to climb up onto the ring. Um, and I love how you can make... How you can make use of that... Um, from an in-ring aspect, a psychological aspect, and also outside of the ring, um, it, it adds a different dimension, and it's different. It's similar, but different to what we're used to. Um, and I, I really, really like the way that looks. If where possible, I'd like them to keep that, um, uh, whichever arenas it's possible to, because you, you can make, you know, you can, you can make something of it. After this, it was the World Tag Team title match. It was a three-way between SCU, the Lucha Brothers, and Private Party. Um, High-energy match. Um, it was one of these strange um, tag team matches. Um, there was a few little... I don't know what the AW were doing with their tag team division, but there's a few little strange things, and I think it's... Um, like, SCU, Lucha Brothers, and Private Party... Three absolutely fantastic teams. I hate seeing these mashed together. I would have preferred to see any two uh, out of these three come fight together, obviously for the tag team titles, but it is what it is. Um, Ray Phoenix is possibly the um, most talented uh, most talented wrestler in North and... Uh, well, North, South and Central America at the moment. Um so some of the things he can do is absolutely fantastic. 
what I would say at this point, I've seen at least five uh, Tope suicides or suicide dives up to this point, up to this match, including this match, should I say. It's becoming the... You used to look forward to seeing a move like that. And it's becoming a new clothesline. Um, but you just... It's expected. I think you kind of got, got to get away with it. It's also the amount of... The amount of people that have done it in the exact same place as well. It's always uh, to the right. Um, it's it just... You, you never... You've got to expect something a little bit different. Um, there was a tornado that um, I think it was Isaiah Cassidy did um, later on in the match, and there was a couple of tremendous flips from Ray Phoenix and everyone else. It was a um, it was a win for SCU. Um, at the end, um, it's the lights go dark, and sure enough, Pentagon is faced by Pentagon. Uh, somebody dressed exactly as him. They go at it and we find out when he takes his mask off that it's Christopher Daniels with his fallen alien, fallen angel face paint on and the crowd just loves this straight away. Huge chance of fallen angel um, right from the start and they wanted to get it on. We want to, we want to end this. We want to end this. Let's end it now. And Lucha Brothers uh, left. After that, an okay match between Rio and Ami Sakura. 13 minutes long. Master versus student. Um, it was it was a good match. No, again, similar to Sean Spears, Joey Janela, it served its purpose. It was there between a really good match for the AEW tag team title and a world title match to uh, to buffer. Um, you will excuse me as part of this illness that I've had the last couple of days. My voice is becoming croakier than usual, so you must excuse me. Next, a really, really great match. Um, I'm not sure which of the, these next two matches will will get my match of the night. I, I this was uh, Chris Jericho with Jake Hager versus Cody with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. This was a WWE style main events but WWE main event when they did it well it was um Cody took this again we sort of using the 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 can't even remember what it's called now the ramp correctly and Cody just went flying for Jericho crossbody and he went head first onto this ramp probably not the best way to use that you can if you've seen any pictures of his cut you'll see exactly how badly he'd hurt himself but the match went on. It was a great match. Some um, lots of false finishes and uh, Jake Hager was thrown out, and then Chris Jericho was actually had had him in the lion tamer. And it was actually a lion tamer as well. It wasn't just a Boston crab, which he's been doing a lot for the last couple of years. And MJF, the big shit, throws the towel in, and. I thought it's just going to be one of those because Cody can never defend, never challenge for the title again, and you know MJF's fucked him, and I just thought, oh, and MJF will just walk off smiling, but he didn't. He actually agonised the commentators, Jr. and Excalibur, were selling the fact that 
this was the hardest decision MJF's ever had to make in his life, and it was really a really troublesome situation, all about a loyalty to his friend Cody. Cody's annoyed at him first, but then comes around, puts his arm on his shoulder, and boom, MJF hits him with a kick to the nuts. We all knew it was coming. Uh, we thought it was going to come last month and then the month before, but it finally comes, MJF saying it's his time now. Um, leaves down the ramp, gets a full-on drink thrown at him. Um, and just sell. He doesn't. He just takes it in his stride. Uh, like I expect this from you people, you scum. That was the kind of look that he gave. Overall, great match. I think. Um, I think this will be this will be one we we remember for a while. However, speaking of remembering and match for a while, the lights out match comes up next. Now they're saying, oh, it's not sanctioned and it's not part of the show. The lights will go out and the match will start. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Um, the most violent match I've seen on a corporate wrestling show possibly ever. I said to Dan earlier, it may have been up there. It was a masterpiece, it really. It, it was... It was such a... It was a violent, violent match. However... Which parts I didn't feel comfortable with. I don't think the glass is great. But it was, I mean, from certainly what we saw, it was prop glass. It was supposedly from the table, so that um, Dean Moxley put Kenny into. Um, so it, it's all, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, there was a lot of violence here, but I think a lot of it was gimmicked at the same time. It was a great spot where I think, again, it was Boston Crab. <clears throat> and um, the Kenny had got um, Moxley in the, the Boston Crab and he, he had to try and get to the ropes not because it was a rope but just to alle alleviate himself out of the hole cause he, and basically Kenny dragged him across the glass and then Moxley had to go back across the glass to get, get to the ropes and get out of the move it was well so well done and then there was an ice pick again. Uh, it might have been a screwdriver. Anything that's stabby, I'm really not that much of a fan of. But if it's done once or twice, same with the glass. I don't want to see that. Every pay per view, I don't want to see it. You know, every other pay per view. But if it's done once a year for a specific reason, where it's a blood feud, uh, which is what this is, then I can't see anything wrong with it. There was. Um, the, the these two cut each other to bits with barbed wire. Uh, Moxley come in looking like Negan. Um, can't remember what the guy's name is. The the, the fellow who swings the base barbed wire baseballs bat. Um, and it was and then Kenny brought out his his barbed wire fucking broom, and that seemed to do a lot more damage than the uh, the baseball bat did. Blood was pissing out of these two. Um. And it was um, it 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 started to come into an end when they go up the ramp and this basically bed of barbed wire um gets brought out um and they both go over into it um and Kelly and uh, Kelly and Dee they both make a huge deal out of it 
I think it was the Dirty Deeds or whatever they're calling it now that was hit onto it uh, after a, you know an attempt at a suplex, a block, and then back over. They went through this like fiber optic glass uh, as part of the set. Oh, another thing is it was um, a standalone set, which was good to see. Um, and they made their way back into the ring. Um, Ambrose went, sorry, Moxley went for uh, took the covers off. It brought it back to the to the um, wood panels, which again we've seen a lot of this year with NXT. Um, I'm not sure whether I want to see it as often as I have the last, even just in NXT, but at least it was this, within the same feud. There. We're seeing it again, the boards being brought out, um, and there was a, a tempted manger when Kenny did uh, Coulter's move. I'm not sure whether it's the golden star from the top rope, where he basically went straight into that fucking head first, into that board, I don't know. If he hurt himself during that, but you would imagine that he did the way the way he hit it. Um, and it was ended when uh, the um, that John Moxley brought brought him into the one two three via the dirty deeds or whatever it's called now. I can't remember. As I say, I'm sick. I'm uh, not feeling great, so uh, apologies for this. Um, it was a really good card overall. I really enjoyed the hardcore element and the violence of the last match. Again, I've got to put it forward, I don't want to see this every week. If I can see something like this once a year, for a good reason, a really good blood through like what these have had, then yes, I'm all willing and up for it. Um, but we don't want to take it to this level uh, every week or every month. I think Rene... Um, I can't remember her surname. This has been one of the worst podcasts I've ever done. Um, but John Moxley's missus, um, she was put on Twitter going, what the fuck's going on here? What the fuck's this? I think she was really actually quite surprised at the, uh, the, whole, the whole masterpiece that, uh, that they put on. <laughs> um, Dan's going to hate this um, because I don't think he enjoyed it all, at all. Um... He thought I was joking today when I said that it was uh, it was a really really good match, probably the most. Um, it, it's given. It's obviously you can see this in CZW. You can see much worse than this in CZW, but it's obviously not on such a platform that it is with AEW. So it's the first time we've seen such violence on such a platform, probably since uh, Helena Storm Undertaker McFoley. Um, I know the WWE did do some mad stuff with a little bit of fire and what have you, but I don't know. The I think this is I think this is taking it up a notch. So yes, that's my review of Full Gear. Um, for me, it's a B plus, a really good show. Um, again, feel a bit sorry for Adam Page because his big win seems to have got overlooked by everything else that's happened. But we will. Uh, you know, it certainly wasn't a bad match. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, we'll sign off from here. And we'll be joined back next week by, hopefully by Dan, when uh, we've got our WrestleMania tickets. Uh, they come out at some point this week. Um, and I've been charged with getting them, seeing as though he's off on his holidays enjoying himself. So we'll be hopefully discussing a bit of what we're looking forward to coming to WrestleMania, coming up to WrestleMania season, should I say. 
and also um, any news and ongoing reports from next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.